All right, everybody. Welcome back to the showcast. So last year we had an opportunity to speak with Kevin Murphy over at Rift Tracks, uh, RiftTracks.com about a Kickstarter they launched to raise some funds. They were trying to get the rights to, uh, to riff the film Starship Troopers. And they were so successful actually that they were actually able to riff Anaconda at the same time. One year later, another successful Kickstarter campaign later, the guys at Rift Tracks have four more live events scheduled for 2015. The second of which, uh, is coming up in a few weeks, that being Sharknado 2. On, uh, it's going to happen on July 9th. And this time around, we're joined by yet another crazy member of the Rift Tracks gang. Please welcome Mr. Michael J. Nelson. Michael, thanks for joining us. Hey, it is my pleasure. Great to be here. Um, I have to say before we get started, uh, before we go into anything else, uh, I was one many of the people. I was one of the many who campaigned for it uh, for the longest time to make it happen. Great job on At Midnight a couple last oh, week. Thanks. Yeah, great bunch of people and uh, and uh, very fun to do. Yeah, you, Kevin, and Bill were were just fantastic. I had been tweeting Chris Hardwick and At Midnight for a while, as I know many other people were as well. So I was happy to finally see it happen. No, it was cool. Thanks for doing it. It, <laughs> it really was a blast. Um, normally we don't, you know, crawl out of our little writing troll caves <laughs> where we... <laughs> Where we cook up our stuff, so to, to get out and see actual professional TV again is yeah. really fun to do. Yeah. Now, I've been to uh, every Rift Tracks Live you guys have done. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I own about 30 of the MP3s. I own quite a few of the DVDs. Uh, they've all been fun, hysterical shows, but the last one you did, The Room, uh, which is the first one of your four-part that you're calling The Crappening this year, which I love. Yeah. Um, that one to me was five, by far probably the funniest damn one I have ever been to out of all the ones that you guys have done. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys put a ton of work into everything you do from, from writing to produ- to the production and everything else. And I, I know you're always trying to make things better than the last one. But do you ever feel sometimes, especially after one like that, that sometimes you may have set the bar too high? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, thank you for your patronage and uh, and thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, sometimes the movie is just such a, a gift to you. <laughs> we we often we're sort of in a lot of cases um, you stepping in front of a parade, you know, where there's already something cool going on, and we just get to be a part of it. And, yeah. Uh, and, and the room is you know its own phenomenon. Um, and and you're right, it it is a lot of hard work. Uh, but there are moments in that movie where you just kind of you step back and you're almost integrated <laughs> in a way. Yeah, so we won't always be gifted with such uh, such wonderful material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, I was just going to say there were moments in that movie that just kind of they kind of riffed themselves. You guys didn't, like you said, you just kind of took a step back and just let the scene happen, and it was more than enough. Yeah, and it's an interesting phenomenon. We're kind of you're, you're nervous as a as a comedian and, and writer where you want to make sure that people are, are laughing all the time that's your instinct and uh when something's just funny on the screen you sometimes feel like well they're laughing but i didn't do that and then you realize well, calm down people are having a great time you know? so uh, it's just a thing of, of just realizing that we're all here enjoying this together and it's uh, you know just have fun and relax yeah yeah, and, and the room, uh, not the greatest movie ever made, as you can tell. Um, yeah, and, and like you kind of alluded to, I'm sure it's a little bit easier to riff bad movies. What What's the trick though to riffing like really good ones or ones that 
that you personally just like to watch and enjoy without having to riff on them? Like, what's the trick to making good, you know, riffs to those? Well, you have to find a different way in. I mean, people are only going to laugh at things that are that ring true. And if you're watching a good movie and you're making a joke about, oh, but this is terrible, you know, and it's not going to, people are going to go, what are you talking about? So it's just, uh, you know, it's sort of creating a different way in, whether that's talking about something else or, you know, there are somewhat ridiculous elements to the whole process of all films. There's, you know, people compress time and they, uh, you know, and they, they, they make you suspend your disbelief. And sometimes it's fun to just point those things out, which are not mistakes, obviously. Those are built in. But it's just sort of fun to, to just kind of play with familiar things that you actually like in a, in a different way. Yeah. Um, you said that, you know, you guys said that you, you're often, you're quite often in the writer's room and you're working on, you know, the next Rift, whether it be the Rift Tracks Live or, you know, any of the ones that you're putting up on, on the website, rifttracks.com. When you're doing a live show, how soon before the date of the live show do you actually start your preparation for that particular show? Uh, we used to do it uh, closer to the date um, just for scheduling. Now we've just gotten smarter about scheduling it farther out just uh, just to make sure we're on the right track with the script. So we'll just do a draft of it pretty far out, and then we'll just kind of live with it for a while and, and see how it feels and slowly revise it. And then it gets more intense as we get towards the, the actual show date, where then we're really, you know, locking ourselves in a room and, and just going through it joke by joke. So, uh, but uh, rather than get, make it super intense, we, we try to take a pass at it uh, at least a month before. Yeah. I, I, would, I would probably assume it's safe to say you're not working on your next one until you're, you're through the first one. You're, 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 so, I mean, for example, you're not working on Miami Connection just yet. Uh, you're focusing more on Sharknado 2? Yeah, we're focused on that now. Uh, I'm trying to think if we ever have crossed over. It's been close before, yeah, where we'll... Or we'll have to... Uh, we have to write lines for the trailer, so we'll sort of visit the movie long in advance of it and, yeah. uh, and pull out some moments. And, uh, so, yeah, we're, we're pretty familiar with all of them, you know, well in advance. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, the whole... The whole thing, you guys are making comments through movies, which isn't something that people usually enjoy if you're, say, in a movie theater, per se. Um, but, you know, getting going into a Rift Tracks live event, obviously people know what they're getting self, themselves into. But I know personally, I always got yelled at when I was little for making comments during movies, uh, yelled at by the people around me, I should say. Um, and even sometimes as an adult, I get yelled at from my wife when I do it. But were, were you always the same way? kind of growing up and that's that's kind of how you know obviously the stuff you probably said during movies was a lot funnier than the stuff i said during movies but you know were you kind of the same way growing up probably just about 10 times more than i was though oh i, I wouldn't assume that uh, mine were any better than yours trust me on that <laughs> but but yeah i mean i i grew up sort of i don't know why we're just sort of talking back to your your medium and finding it really funny my brothers and i used to always you know, repeat to each other dumb little things and pull them out. I, I think that a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of people, but not most people, like to do that. Some people are, are oblivious to that. And it, it's funny you talk about the talking in the theater and having people tell you to shut up. <laughs> there was actually a concern in the in the room because the room has its own following. And uh, again, and 
we actually did get a couple people saying, like, I want to see the room, and here's these three idiots up on stage <laughs> talking during my beloved room. So, uh, I thought that was very funny. <laughs> do you, um, I mean, when you go to, to see movies now in theaters, do you still do that, or, or do you kind of have to resist a little bit? No, I, I don't do it anymore, because it is it is really annoying. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, get, you know, you think about it, like, if you're watching a really bad movie, there's occasionally you'll get into a crowd of people who suddenly the whole crowd is like, yeah, you know what, this is bad, and if somebody's making comments, who cares, and maybe one out of 30 of them are actually funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's, not, if it's not that, which is, like I say, extremely rare, then... They're almost never welcome. I mean, even if they're mildly amusing, it's like, you know, hey, I'm still a little bit into the movie, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's those and the people who have that really, like, over-obnoxious laugh at the dumbest parts of movies. Like, that always annoys me. (laughs) Um, And off-air, I had mentioned uh, your Twitter account, which is at Michael J. Nelson. You seem pretty active on Twitter. How, How has that changed things for you as far as you know, um, being in the entertainment industry before Twitter, how has it been different since it's kind of come about and really exploded? Well, it's interesting. When we started Mystery Science, not long after that, uh, really the the Internet sort of uh, as a fan-sharing thing kind of grew up with us where we had fairly close contact with fans and kind of knew what they were saying about our show from... Excuse me. There's that Nick Nolte disease creeping in. <laughs> uh, from the uh, from the beginning, we kind of had that uh, interaction. So it's not a great deal different, but it is. It's fun to be able to to reach out with your style of humor to groups that you know don't have never heard of Mystery Science, don't know what Rift Tracks is or whatever, but still just have an outlet for getting your humor out there and, and then interacting with with people who uh, you know directly, like one on one, where they. They just get back to you and, and interacting with them. I find that a lot of fun and uh, on, on Facebook and everything as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that it's changed much other than I do enjoy that connection and, and knowing uh, because our product is so close to the people who buy it. But it that is, it's, you know, we're not putting it in stores and hoping uh, some stranger is going to go up and get it. We're actually making it for the people who are buying it directly, and so to have, kind of have that connection with them is nice. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you're one of the the f- not few, but one of the good ones to follow, I would say, because you know some some people out there really just kind of retweet um, random things, and you at least put out funny tweets and, and things of that nature. One I can think of off the top of my head was about um, how road cyclists think they are versus how they <laughs> everybody else sees them. <laughs> Because three, even three-year-olds ride bicycles, and and me, uh, where I live, there's a like a velodrome, which is a big place for road road uh, cyclists. I can relate tenfold. I mean, they just they're way into it um, more than they should be. <laughs> yeah, well, I I say that as a I, I've done many many miles as a road cyclist myself, but uh, I I just never and and that's what you know got me close to knowing those guys. Is, they really are like obnoxious about their, <laughs> about their sport. It's like calm down. You first of all, you look ridiculous wearing what you're wearing and everything. That is not cool. I mean, 
And, you know, you're in a suburban neighborhood with this uh, $12,000 bike. Like, you're shaving a quarter second off your time as you go to the grocery store. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had the chance to – I had a great opportunity to speak – to meet and speak with uh, Joel Hodgson this past May. He came to Wizard World in Philadelphia, here in Philadelphia. Um, and, and one of the things that had come up in our conversation was the possibility of a reboot of Mystery Science Theater. Um, if something like that ever came to came to fruition, is that something that you think you yourself would like to be a part of? Would you like to ra- just rather stick to riff tracks, or would you see if maybe you could juggle both? Um, I, I probably wouldn't, just because riff tracks is you know full time plus, and it's just a little bit of a different animal. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, there's there's something about um, you know the mystery science thing is kind of a young man's thing in a, in a way, like where it's a, a puppet-based, uh, uh, you know, and sort of more goofy and colorful in a way. And I look at riff tracks as more of a kind of a voice acting thing and a writing thing. I know that maybe maybe I'm overthinking it, but it, it's, uh, it, I, I'm not sure it would fit. I'm not sure I could go back in time and, and sort of recapture that. So um, I, I probably wouldn't. But but mostly for time constraints. Yeah, you never know. I would never say never. But yeah, um, I know we're running short on time. But one final question for you, and it's it's a quick answer. Uh, any chance we're going to see the room, the Rift Tracks Live of the Room, released on DVD? Uh, you know, I honestly don't know. I think it's doubtful, um, because you know it's it's Mr. Wiseau's creation. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's out of our hands, and. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's a big question mark. Well, he was pretty supportive of it, too. Wasn't he tweeting about it when you guys were doing the, the live riff? It, it was, he was very kind about it. It's a, uh, I give him a lot of credit because uh, he does not like the product. He made that clear <laughs> in his interviews, but he, uh, you know, he understood what we were doing. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and as he had a stake in it, he was happy to support it. Um, but, yeah, not, not a lot of people would, would do that. I mean, you know, we're not kind to the man. And, uh, so <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it takes, a lot of, it takes a lot of fortitude to just go, I don't care. I'm just going to uh, get my product out there and, and uh, makes me a little jingle, and so uh, I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, but we'll, so see, cool. we'll see an MP3 of it at least, though, right? Um, yes. Okay. All right, good. That'll that'll at least hold me over. I can at least sync it with the movie and and relive that whole night. <laughs> so, um, you have to own the movie on DVD. That's the problem. Very true. Yeah. Uh, what have you have you uh, have you sampled the Blu-ray yet? I have not. I actually I didn't see the room until I saw it uh, until I saw you guys do the live riff. Well, the room oh, was released on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. He he released it on Blu-ray. He, uh, Look at the uh, look at go online and look for image search the room DVD and then image search the room uh, Blu-ray. He made some changes to the artwork of his face and it's it's hilarious <laughs> and bizarre and shocking. But also the Blu-ray has a bunch of extras that are very edifying for you if you have any interest in knowing what went on behind the scenes. Uh, I might have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, we we want to make sure we mention before we let you go. We want to make sure you mention. Uh, obviously, Sharknado Two is coming up. The live show is going to be on July 9th. 
and the encore is on July 16th, followed by your live riff of Miami Connection on October 1st with the encore on October 6th, and Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny December 3rd uh, with the encore on December 15th. I will be in attendance for all of the said riffs, as well as any of them in the future that you do. I love coming out to see you guys. It's just, it totally makes my night when I come out. So great to hear. Thank you so much. So, um, I do have one. I have one more question, but I'll ask you one after we end this interview. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but what we want to send people to check out you on Twitter at Michael J Nelson, as we said, and of course follow Riff Tracks at Riff Tracks uh, Tracks with an X, and check out RiffTracks.com for all the live shows you guys have done, and that's where they can uh, buy tickets to all your live riffs and find out locations around them that are actually going to be showing them in theaters. So, uh, but Mike, thanks again for joining us. This was a lot of fun. My pleasure. It was great talking to you. All right, guys. We'll be right back with the showcast after this quick break.